Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush. Welcome, 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 and here we are, back in the studios of WAB 77 WABC in New York. It's a balmy 30 degrees outside here. Balmy 30 degrees, and it's <laughs> 6 a.m. as usual on a Sunday. And I don't know how long I'm going to be able to get up at 3.30 a.m. to be here. <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> and today's topic is pit bulls, media myth and public perception. Boy, these is sure one, one breed that um, evokes strong emotion and controversy wherever it goes. So yeah, we're absolutely. Talk about that so today. Do, you, do you have a pit bull? Do you have a story of a pit bull? Do you have uh, an opinion about what we should be doing about pit bulls? Call us. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-WABC. It's a fascinating subject. It is. I think you're going to learn a lot of stuff you did not know about pit bulls because it is really uh, – it's really sort of a, a big picture of the dog world pushed down into one right. breed. It's hard know? It's hard to talk about this issue without talking about all the other tangential issues that come into yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff thing. going on. But everybody has an opinion about pit bulls. Yeah. So call us up. Uh, if we have an opportunity, we have two uh, – awesome guests mm-hmm. to shed some light on the issue and uh, we'd put you on the air um, and then we'll talk to you about your issue. So call us 1-800-848-WABC and uh, the subject of the day is yeah. – and we, we have an um, uh, interesting um, title for the subject. It is about pit bull. We call it the sadness of being born a pit bull. Today. And I, I, I guess that will color. Yeah, yeah. Today. That'll, These that'll, dogs are battling everything from media-driven bad reputation to legislation trying to make them extinct. So this is a – yeah, they're battling for life, basically, like uh, all of the animal kingdom. But before we get into the subject, I want to I want to talk about one thing that happened, Brenda. On uh, on Friday, Brenda and I went to a dinner with a, at a good friend's house, um, and this good friend is a tremendous animal lover, and uh, you know, a, a passionate animal lover, and and so foster we home and, and rescuer, fo- yeah, and a rescuer, and she's really into this cause and you know, the whole bit. And she has, uh, they have, the whole family has eight dogs. Okay. Seven out of eight are big dogs. Well, in all fairness, and one four, little four, four are not theirs. There's some foster. But in the house, there, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. they're living with eight dogs, seven big dogs, and one little pug. And okay? Alex made it all the way through dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at what is life like with eight dogs go- running around, okay, just, just, just going crazy around you. And, and I ask myself the question – it was quite calm, I Is might this, add. Well, it, quite calm if you consider a hurricane to be calm. You know, it's all relative, right? Um, you have that male myself, exaggeration <laughs> gene, don't you? <laughs> no, no, no. I really asked myself. Now, here is a very committed lady that, that that's the you know master of the house in a sense, and and she's decided that she has to go to these lengths to help these animals, and. I guess she's either giving up a piece of her life or she's getting a piece of her life. I think it's both. But which was it? I think it's it? both. And we're going to do – we're going to – we actually have a show planned on that uh, in a couple of months. What, eight dogs? We have a we No. Have a sh- well, we have a show. Living with eight dogs? That's about, a show? you know, how, how one person makes a difference and, uh, you know, why people get involved in rescue. And really the great sacrifice that so many people across this country are making for, for really what's a societal problem. So – it could be a societal problem, but you know Everybody what? It, it comes down to that can. living room, that moment, okay, when you're eating your food and there's three dogs jumping on you. It comes down to that they moment at some point. They were not jumping on you. They were sure all like calmly laying down. So that's just not here. So, so do you have eight dogs? Call me up, okay, because I don't think there's too many of you guys out there. There's a lot of rescuers out there who have, uh, you know, 
fair number of dogs that they're trying to help. Before we switch over to our um, our regular subject, um, we're going to talk know, about been, this Proposition B again, right? We are going to talk about Proposition B in, in Missouri because it re- really is a landmark, absolutely landmark piece of legislation. And I'll tell you why it's landmark. Okay, it's the first piece of legislation in the country that's trying to get rid of puppy mills. Okay, trying to do something about puppy mills, and we find it fascinating. Okay, well, there have we been other it, attempts. No, wait, there. let me finish. We find it absolutely fascinating from the perspective that the people have gone to the polls and have decided on a course of action. Remember, we have a democracy. This is a democracy settled by by our founding fathers, right? Um, So they went to the polls in November. 51.6% of the people of Missouri as a state, one of the 50 states, voted to put certain conditions on being a a breeder. It was a tight vote, but they they passed it. 51.6 gets you presidency, okay? So let's get that straight. No stack cages. That's that's was a part of the law. Only fifty breeding dogs and an annual veterinary exam. Well, not a lot of really big things. It's limits on how many times a year they can breed a dog. It's sufficient, you know, food and water and veterinary. Some of this stuff that's common sense. People think, why would you even have to legislate that? But you do. So at a House Agriculture Policy Committee this last Tuesday, and we're keeping up with this thing, the Dog Breeders Association said that the Proposition B, which is what it's called which passed in November, would kill their industry. Do you believe this? And the legislators are saying that they're going to try to overturn what the people passed. passed. How is that possible in democracy again? Somebody educate me here. How does the Constitution work on that? The people vote on a majority. It's kind of like people vote for Barack Obama and the legislators decide, you know what, the Republicans have Congress, so we're going to throw them out and put a Republican in. How is that any different? Anyway, it's the Humane Association. Good, Good going there. Humane Association. They're fighting for the people and the people of Missouri versus the Dog Breeders Association. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Linda from Bridgewater is on the phone, and she is very upset about puppy mills. And so we want to talk to Linda before we bring in our first guest. Linda, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. I woke up especially to be able to talk to you. Oh, good. We're so glad to hear that. You're you're doing it right now. I'm truly heartfelt. Um, I just read a book, and the things that you read about, I, I want to know why isn't the USDA held more accountable um, when they see these atrocities taking place in every state of our union, and they go out once, they do an inspection, they tell these, uh, I don't even want these I don't even want to call them people because they're not to be able to do these to these animals. And they get away with it. They have the inspections. They tell them what to do, and they don't go back for another year. You think it's the USDA's fault more than anything else? Well, I don't think that they're helping, and and that's their job. Well, you know, I guess you have the attitude that if you don't put some kind of brakes on people, people will do the nastiest things. Because, I mean, this is obvious stuff, right? No case stack cages, you know, one annual annual veterinary exam for a dog that's breeding puppies nonstop, you know, 50 breeding dogs, that's a lot, right? I mean, pretty obvious stuff. So what you're saying is if you, if you don't have government coming in looking down your throat, you know, auditing you like the IRS does – People will do the nastiest things. Is that well, what I, I, I don't really believe in the government helping or solving anything, to be honest with you. I've given up on them. <laughs> but my, my concern is that if you have this agency in place, why not make them, why not use them to do what they are supposed to be doing? I agree right, with you. Monitoring. No, yeah. I agree with you. And budget cuts have cut back on what they weren't doing, which wasn't sufficient to begin with. To begin with. Yeah, I, so I, I, I agree want, with you. Please, can you tell the public, 
besides not buying a pet from a pet store, which I have a little Maltese, and I bought her 13 years ago, little did I know then what I know now. Uh, she's blind, diabetes, Cushing's. And you still I, love wow. her. I, I've spent literally five, $5,000 on one eye operation for her because I love her so much. But my point being is that not even healthy dogs are coming out of these situations. You know what, Linda? Hold on and listen to this because Debbie's just calling us from Long Island and she owns a dog breeding facility and we're going to put her on, okay? Let's see what she says about this issue. She's right there in the target, right? Debbie, are you on? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Debbie. This is Alex. Good morning, Debbie. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. What do you think about this this subject today? The proposition B, and also, you know, uh, uh, pit bulls. Uh, I happen to love pit bulls. I've owned. Uh, I I used to uh, own Presa Canarios. So, uh-huh. um, and right now I have Caucasian Alchacas. Other breeds with uh, with controversy and and, and, ba- and, and bad reps, <laughs> right? Bad reputations that suffer so, from uh, many things. The has been banned. As a matter of fact, um, the the Danish uh, just banned the Alchacas from their country. And and you're a dog breeder in Long Island, right? A do- it, I own a dog boarding facility. I used to breed in show mastiffs. I used to uh, breed in show Bordeaux, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Neapolitan mastiffs. But wait a second, let, Debbie, let me ask you this question: What do you think it is? Proposition B. Uh, the, the Breeders Association in Missouri is absolutely going nuts. They're trying to overturn the will of the people. Uh, the proposition B basically is no stack cages, 50 breeding dogs, annual veterinary exam, food and water. Uh, that's what's in the, in the proposition. What do you think? Um, I think you can stack some cages if, you, if you're breeding small dogs. You know, if you, could, uh-huh. you, you stack them too high, that's not a big deal. I really don't think so. Um, what as about 50 breeding mills, dogs? Is that you a, are never, ever going to stop puppy mills unless and until, like here on Long Island. I don't know uh-huh. where you're located. Are New, you York New York City. Yeah, New Manhattan. York City. Okay, here on Long Island. This is, it's not a dog-friendly island. They frown on dog breeders. Right. So it's very difficult to get good breeders. Right. Where I live, they happen to allow five dogs per household. But typically in Nassau County, it's three. Right. Oh, in a household. Well, and we should make a big distinction here between commercial breeders that are uh, really the source of, of, you know, the, the puppy mills that, that Proposition B is trying to address it's, it's versus the private, the, reputable, you know, local hobby breeders. It, uh, very I different. Know, but it's, that's the distinction. It's very difficult to make. And, and as long as you've got the demand here on Long Island, you've got these people on Long Island, when they want a dog... They decide they want it yesterday. Hey, Debbie, you know what? This is a fascinating subject. We're going to ask you to come back. We're going to have a show on puppy mills. Yeah, we're going to have a show. So we want... We've got to get to our topic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We appreciate your calling in. We'll be right back with Karen Delise. 77 WABC to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. And our next, our first guest is going to be Karen DeLise. She's founder and director of research at the National Canine Research Council. And she's also author of Pitbull Placebo, The Media Myths and Politics of Canine Aggression. Uh, Karen, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me on. So we're going we're gonna to jump right in here with the million-dollar question everyone wants to know. Uh, pit bulls have a reputed, uh, you know, have a, a reputation to have biological and behavioral traits, which are very different from those of other breeds. Is there any truth to these claims? Are, are, they, are they really the demon dogs that everyone makes them out to be? Yeah, th- there is not a shred of truth. There's not a shred of science to support any of the myths any of the claims that pit bulls are different from other dogs. Hmm. What, what, what is a pit bull? Can we just start there? 
Well, yeah. Well, actually, there is no such thing as a pit bull. A pit bull is, is a group of dogs, like we would say, retrievers or spaniels or, um, you know. Or in my case, huskies. Yes, yes. It That's not a breed. Right. And it encompasses um, certain real breeds of dogs, like the American Pitbull Terrier and the American Staffordshire Terrier, but it also encompasses many dogs that people might think are those breeds. And, you know, un- un- unfortunately, this, this grouping of, quote, pit bulls um, gets larger and larger with each passing day, where we're now throwing in American Bulldogs and we're throwing in, um, you know, mixed breed dogs or any dog that somebody might perceive right. to have the traits or characteristics. I read there's like 20 plus breeds yeah, that, but that fall into that category. And that's 20-something pure breeds, but there are also, you know, this myriad of mixes. You know, if you have a dog that might have some boxer in it, somebody, and it's a mixed breed dog, somebody might look at that and say, well, I think that looks like a pit bull. Mm-hmm. And so you have all kinds of mixes thrown in there. And, you know, um, there, there's been a lot of studies lately where they're actually, somebody's identifying a dog as a pit bull and they're doing DNA and they're saying, there is no American Staffordshire Terrier and there's no American Pitbull Terrier in this dog. Um, you know, the DNA is not supporting our visual identification, mm. which, um, you know, I, I'll talk a little bit more about. But um, we're showing that we're very, very bad at guessing what breeds of dogs um, they are by visual identification. Hey, Karen, this is Alex Alex saying good morning and thank you for joining us so early in the morning. Sure. Um, le- what time is it where you are? She's East Coast. She's East Coast? Oh, it's easy for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here I was going to be thanking you backwards and forwards, but hey, forget it. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so Karen, listen, um, what, let me ask you a question about pit bulls. Were they originally bred to fight and kill other dogs? Um, no, they weren't. Um, they were originally bred like many, many different breeds of dogs to serve our everyday living. You know, there were many breeds that have, um, we've been used for, for hunting, for herding, for, um, and, and so pit bulls or American Staffordshire Terriers were originally bred to assist us in, in um, baiting bulls and holding bulls, but they were also used for so many other functions. They were used in frontier life and farm life. Um, they were companions. They were working dogs. So that's so a total misconception to, that they were bred for fighting other dogs yeah, and to we, kill we, other dogs. We pigeonholed, you know, millions and millions of dogs and say, well, they're all the same because they were all bred for the same thing. And that is absolutely not true. A small, small subculture bred these dogs for fighting, but there were literally millions of them that were used um, on farms, that were kept in the house. They were household dogs. They were companions. They were pets. Uh, they, were, they were considered especially non-aggressive toward people, weren't they? I mean, that was one of the things toward people. Well, they were considered that they had, you know, like a high tolerance, mm-hmm. and, and that was a high tolerance of everything, you know, um, a high tolerance of, um, you know, not getting especially offended if somebody was to pull their tail or to, um, you know, they were considered very loyal, uh, very courageous, and, and these were these were attributes that um, that we needed and that we respected a uh, hundred years ago and fifty years ago, and that's why the dogs were so popular because we we respected this loyalty and this courageousness. So, Karen, um, and I'm going to quote a couple of studies I'm sure you're very familiar with, but uh, I think this this you know the 
the perspective that you're giving us about pit bulls really runs counter to everything that you know people talk about them, especially with breed bans and you know just the, the, the negative perception. So I'm going to quote a study. You know the Sachs Sinclair Gilcrest uh, the Golab Lockwood study that was done in, back in. 1979 to 1998, um, um, 20-year period. Is that the CDC study you're talking about? It, it was in uh, the Veterinary Association Journal. Um, mm-hmm. It's the CDC study, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and another one by Merrick Clifton that had very similar results. And according to both those studies, pit bulls represent about 2% of the pet population, yet account for about one-third of all dog bites in the United States. Uh, in all, also, they also represent one-third of dog bite fatalities in the United States. 2% of the population, 30-plus percent of the bites. How do you respond? Yeah, that's, that's easy. Um, both those studies relied exclusively on newspaper reports, meaning whatever the reporter said the dog was, that's what they counted it as. And the, Dr. Voice has just done a study where um, they asked shelter personnel what the breed of dog was that they had in their shelters. And 75% of shelter personnel, not reporters, shelter personnel, guessed the breed of dog that was not consistent with the DNA results on the animal. So now if shelter, if shelter personnel are guessing the breed of dog wrong 75% of the time, or guessing a breed that does not correspond with DNA, what are the reporters and what are their sources for identifying breed of dogs? A reporter will put Pitbull in the newspaper article, and then I, working for NCRC, will call up. I'll call up Animal Control. I'll call up the investigators. I'll call up the owner and say, do you have any, any evidence or documentation that that dog is indeed a Pitbull or a Labrador or a Husky? And they will tell me no. But yet the newspapers are printing Pitbull as if it was a fact. Wait, wait. So, so wait, Karen. So what you're saying is that both of these studies relied exclusively on newspaper reports, correct? Yes, Step absolutely. one. And you're saying that because there's been studies done that show and prove absolutely that people cannot identify a pit bull, that the reporters screwed up in, this, in, in reporting what the breed of dog that did the biting was. And it wasn't a pit bull. It really was some other kind of dog, and they called it a pit bull. And then it sort of trickled down into the studies as being 33% of all the dog bites being pit bulls. Is this correct? Right. And what, what Merritt Clifton and the CDC did was that they assumed that the breed of dog reported by the newspaper was fact. And it was abs- And to base a study, okay? So wait, wait, on- wait, Karen, why are reporters screwing up so badly and calling all of these dog bites... Pitbulls. I mean, why not just spread it across the spectrum of 400 breeds? Why are they so focused in on this one? And they're obviously they're messing up all over the place. But why are they messing up to one dog only? Well, that's not true. Actually, they've been messing up for years. And it's, it's and you have to understand the nature of the beast with the media. They've got you know 24 hours to get a story out. And so you know there. And so many of these times when I call up and I say, well, where did you get the breed identification from? And they say, well, the neighbor down the street said it was a pit bull. You know, and you go, the neighbor down the street said it was a pit bull? What is the neighbor down the street? And they say, well, as long as we have a source to attribute, you know, our claim, that's good enough. And, you know, it's not their job to identify breeds correctly. That's not their job. So I I don't fault the media 100% in this because, you know, they're covering all aspects of all different kinds of things. And so they go in, they talk to a few people, somebody says it's a pit bull, they write it. The problem becomes... 
when people then assume that that's factual. Well, I mean, isn't that what we do? I mean, I don't know what's going on in Egypt. I look at the news. I see there's, uh, you know, there's fighting going on, and the reporters say that the, the government of Mubarak is in trouble. I believe him, right? I mean, if it happens that Mubarak is sitting on a palmy, you know, desert having uh, margaritas, I wouldn't know the difference if they said to me on the news that, you know, he's in trouble. I believe him he's in trouble. Reporter says it's a pit bull, that the, 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 the biting. I believe him that it's, it's a pit bull. Well, well you can know. believe that someone reported it was a pit bull, but that doesn't make it fact. And that's okay. that's okay if they say it's a pit bull and we all sit around in a bar and we talk about how bad pit bulls are based on what we read in the media. But now if you're going to make a study that is now going to have implications on whether a dog lives or dies, whether a person can own that animal or not own that animal, if you're going to take it to the next level where you're going to... You're going to publish something, okay, based on this information. You better, be, you better make sure it's right because if you're going to come to a conclusion, you have to make a conclusion based on facts. I, you know what, Karen? I, I totally agree with you on that. And, I completely and, agree with you. Absolutely. And yeah. Karen has some real interesting uh, history and statistics and, and all the logic behind what she's saying in her book, The Pitbull Placebo, Media Myths and Politics of Canine Aggression. And I just wanted to add um, that Karen is kind enough to make this book a, f- a free version of uh, in PDF format, which is available uh, on the uh, National Council uh, Canine Research Council website. It's we also on link? our website, a yeah. link on our website. So if you go to dogsindanger.com and the Radio Hour page, you'll find a link uh, to this book. And um, and I had a- another question for you here, Karen. We only have a couple of minutes left. Um, you make this some- somewhat strange analogy in your book between uh, the breed of dog and a sugar pill. Can you just explain that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've always had, there's always been dog bites. As a matter of fact, back 30 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, we had a lot of dog bites, you know. But in New York City, there was almost 40,000 dog bites a year. And now we're down to about 3,500. That's a huge decrease huge, in the amount of dog bites. amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And um, so, but we've always been concerned about dog bites. And so, you know, it's, it's always nice to, to, this is a very complex problem of why a dog actually bites a human being. But, you know, because we don't have the time or energy to actually look at all the factors that contributed to a dog bite, we need easy handles. We need easy explanations for things. And, you know, 30 years ago, the easy explanation was, was it a German Shepherd? Today, the easy explanation is, well, it's a pit bull. And so we don't have to think that hard. We don't have to work that hard. So if we say, okay, it's a pit bull, and then we say, okay, well, if we get rid of pit bulls, then the problem goes away. Well, that's a placebo. You know, that's a sugar pill that I'm telling you that if we get rid of pit bulls or you take this pill, everything will be okay. Which is not going to happen. You know what, Karen? You're absolutely right. And you know what I would love to have is a real study that's not based on some reporter's comments. I mean, some real study that uh, where, you know, authoritative people looked at the breed of the dog and decided what, you know, what the breed of the dog was that did the biting. I mean, to to rely on these studies as a basis for legislation and breed bans. And as you said, what, you know, a dog lives or dies by these studies. Um, and it's, it's hund- hundreds of thousands of pit bulls. Yeah, if you want to nuts. accept the shelter identification of them, hundreds of thousands that are being killed in shelters every yeah. year. So I let's mean, get I mean, the perspective. You've got to get factual on it. You know, you just got to get factual. But I think we're out of time. Karen, thank you so much for joining us. We'll let you go back to sleep. And we're going to talk about some of those legislative efforts with our next uh, guest. Uh, and uh, and she's, she's awesome. She's a great knowledge. Uh, Esquire Lady Van Cavage with uh, Best Friends Animal Society. We'll be right back with late Letty.
When we first started thinking about dogs in danger, we had one overriding thought. Millions of innocent dogs were being killed in shelters each year in this country. And we realized there was no way for the public to know which dogs were going to die and when. That's when the light bulb went on. So we created DogsIndanger.com, where every dog gets a last chance at life. The good public embraced the idea, and more than 45,000 dogs are alive today, bringing joy to families everywhere. In today's economy, it's hard for anyone to part with their money. But Dogs in Danger needs your help to keep saving lives. If you believe, like we do, that needless killing is morally wrong, then do something about it. Please go to DogsIndanger.com and make a tax-deductible donation. Just $18 a month will help us continue our life-saving mission. Donate to DogsIndanger.com and do something good for your soul. Gain a body, save a life. DogsIndanger.com well, we're back on the air, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, and I want to bring on what a fascinating discussion we're having on on a topic du jour, which is pit bulls. And I want to introduce to you Letty Van Cabbage, Senior Legislative Attorney, Best Friends Animal Society. Good morning, Letty. Good morning, Alex, and it's Letty, but I answer to oh, anything. So- <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Letty. Good morning. That's a woman doing? I like right there. <laughs> and you woke up at what time in the morning? Um, actually, I'm on East, well, I'm in Central Time Zone, so it's only a two. Hours. Piece of cake. Oh, hours. No problem. That's so easy. And here I was. I was going to be kowtowing to you, but I'll save that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. I actually, I actually read that Letty has a couple of pit bulls. Is that true? Yeah, I have actually. Yes, I have three um, wonderful um, pit bull terrier type dogs, and Karma Karn is from um, the Fight Bust in Missouri. Wow, that, yeah. that's great. That's great, yeah. really. So yeah, you, have you been, some well. lucky dogs. Have you yeah. been following the Missouri uh, mess? The legislative B? Proposition B. Oh, Proposition, Proposition B? B has just been horrible. It really is. It, you know, again, legislators trying to subvert the will of the people, which is very problematic. It's unbelievable. I mean, we are going to stay on top of this story. We have probably the largest audience out there, dog-friendly audience out there of any station. And we are going to stay on top of this. I mean, we're not Missouri. We can't, you know, move move things and shake things over there. But we, we're going to keep a, a topic du jour if we can help it. Yes, I mean, it really, really is unconscionable. But um, you know, in in when I would lobby in Missouri years ago, they would always tell me, "Ma'am, we went from farming hogs to farming dogs." And it's, you know, substantively different. It's but catchy. that's the mindset in the legislature. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it is. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm fascinated by the story. But let's switch to the pit bulls. You okay. know. You know, Lady, um, whenever you walk through shelter, I mean, I had the opportunity uh, recently to walk through the Elmsford Shelter here in New York, which is a, a no-kill institution. You just see cage after cage after cage of pit bulls. I mean, some shelters are 75, 80. There are shelter managers that have said they're at 80 percent pit bulls. You go in there to adopt a dog. He says, you want a pit bull or get out? What's going on? Why are the pit, uh, why are the shelters so full of pitfalls? Well, they're really, really popular dogs, to be quite honest. Right now, you know, um, back in the eighties, probably we were seeing labs extremely popular, German shepherds. Right now, um, you know, pitbull terrier type dogs are extremely, extremely popular. So you're going to see more of them. And now, compound, you know, uh, uh, compounded with this is the media hysteria against the dogs. You know, making people fearful of them when 
in reality, every dog is an individual and should be judged um, on on its own merit. I, I agree, but how does that work again? Now, they're so popular on one end, and on the other end, everybody is maligning them. So how um, does that work? Uh, well, I think, you know, again, not to disparage, you know, radio talk show hosts, because you guys are wonderful, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a lot... Glad of, you got that in. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. You, there's a lot of hysteria out there fueled by the media. I mean, you'll see... Uh, you know, we'll see headlines that will say pit bull, and there's not even a pit bull in, in the right. story about an attack. It sells. They have to make news. Uh, actually, some animal control um, uh, actually report that if it's not a pit bull, the media doesn't really even care about it. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, papers, they're going down now. You know, basically, you know, they're, they're going out of business. Their circulation, yeah. Well, I say this all the time, but we do actually have a show topic planned for uh, media responsibility on this issue. So She's we hope to have you. Both. Shows, yeah, we'll yeah. have you. <laughs> You know, that is wonderful because, you know, and, and that's what, you know, your listeners really need to do when they see people, you know, um, you know, uh, in the press doing this wrongly, they need to call them out. They need to blog about it. They need to write to the, right. you know, the editor, the, the public editor, if there's still one at the paper, you know, and basically call the reporters out for doing a shoddy job. Because throughout maybe, history, because Karen, even Karen, our former guest, and I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, pointed out that throughout history, different breeds of dogs have been villainized. It's been Dobermans, it's been Shepherds, it's been Rottweilers. And, uh, you know, when, when they take that one breed away, it just gets replaced by another one because dogs have teeth and they're big and uh you know and it can but, end up being it can end up being any breed of dog but Lydia I'm, yeah. I'm still a little confused here so a lot of people want pit bulls right so they're producing a lot of them on the supply side right, right. there's breeding a lot of them because they're very popular you said right yes, yes. and then we also know that uh, the predominant species in the shelters is pit bulls at this point so is that because all of these dogs are being produced they're all being absorbed by the system somehow and then a huge percentage of them are being taken back to the shelter uh, well, I, it is, and a lot of it is simply because of prejudice and discrimination, Alex. I mean, basically, you know, they don't know when they adopt, you know, a or you know, or you know, God forbid, buy a you know pit bull terrier type dog that their homeowner's insurance might be canceled. That mm. many tell us more about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, more you know, many apartments won't allow any large dog. So the dog starts to grow, and all of a sudden, you know, um, their landlord comes and says, you have to get rid of the dog. And unfortunately, many people do that instead of trying to find another place to live. So it really, really is problematic, but it's, 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 it's you know, extremely frustrating. One of the cool things is, especially for victims of um, animal cruelty, the American Bar Association is considering a resolution in Atlanta in February mm-hmm. that would basically state all victims of cruelty, including, um, you know, dogs seized from fighting yards, have to be evaluated, humanely treated and evaluated as an individual. So there won't hopefully be wholesale euthanasia of any animal from a fighting yard oh, anymore. Wow. So tell us some of the other things that, you know, people don't expect when they adopt a pit bull. I mean, you, you said something fascinating, that their insurance, their homeowner's insurance would be canceled. I had no idea. Um, well, it depends on the company. Like, you know, farmer's insurance is great. State Farm doesn't discriminate either. There's a few other companies that don't. But places like Allstate, um, American Family Insurance, believe it or not, they mm-hmm. discriminate. And, and a lot of these insurance companies will discriminate against, you know, like up to 20 breeds of dogs. Right. I had one woman who had, um, an, you know, she adopted a dog that a shelter labeled as an Australian Shepherd mix. And she put that on her insurance application, and they canceled her homeowner's insurance. You're kidding. 
No, it's it, become it, a really it, big problem across the country. Breeds it is, that are it is. breeds and that's that are, why you know. And as dog owners, we really don't do a good good enough. Uh, you know, um, I, we don't do good enough sticking up for our dogs. Basically, we need to search out companies that do discriminate, and if we have them, say, I'm finding another insurance company because you discriminate against dogs. Now, and I think we need to speak up for all dogs. When you talked about how popular they are, that, that there's a lot of production of, of pit bulls, um, what percentage of that is the dog fighting business, do you think? Um, actually, the- I think the dog fighting business, it, it's not that huge. I mean, because basically organizations like HSUS, ASPCA have been doing a very good job in, you know, in cracking and helping police crack down on cruelty. And here in Illinois, um, Best Friends teaches the uh, the Chicago PD and and uh, at University of Illinois Police Training Institute. So we try to, you know, all the national organizations are involved in in training law enforcement about this. So it's not a big piece of the of the pit bull population. I, I think it's. You know, it's a piece, but it's not a, a large piece, I don't believe. So it's really people are breeding. I mean, they're, they're breeding the pit bulls for adoption by good families. Well, they're breeding them for adoption. You know, they're, they're doing it to make money in this bad economy. Right, but, you know, but and, the target and, and whether is... They're, whether they care about good families, I, backyard breeders, I don't think they do. Right. Um, I think they're just doing it for cash, lira, and dollar, Alex. Because the the problem, I mean, I've talked to shelter managers, lady. Mm-hmm. The problem, they're they're insurmountable. They're dying under the weight of pit bulls. Well, yeah. actually, that's putting the onus. You know, we don't have a pit bull problem. I take I take exception to that, Alex. I mean, mm-hmm. the dogs aren't clamoring to get in the shelter, going, "Please let me in." Please <laughs> let me in. Clearly not. <laughs> you know, but but um, basically, we have a pit bull adoption problem, and that sometimes is perpetuated by people at the shelters. We, you know, Best Friends has this great program in Salt Lake City, where basically um, we put an employee there a Best Friends employee to work with Salt Lake County Animal Control to promote um, pit bull terrier type dog adoptions. And we have not had an adoptable pit bull terrier type dog euthanized in Salt Lake in the last year. Wow, that's great. And there there are programs all across the country, right, that are making real efforts, uh, rescue organizations that are making real strides and effort to educate the public. Now, how do you do do that? I mean, a shelter manager says to me, look, Alex, I've got 75% pit bulls. What am I going to do? How have you guys have been so successful in being able to adopt out all of your pit bulls? Well, well, basically, Salt Lake, um, you know, and Best Friends views them as individuals. So we, you know, we we promote the dogs. And actually, the most interesting thing is PetSmart um, Charities has um, partially funded a program for Best Friends to put um, shelter partners for pit bulls programs in five shelters across the United States. So we have them now up and running. We have Best Friends employees at Washington Humane Society in Baltimore at Bark, um, in Tampa at Hillsborough County Animal Control, um, in Rancho Cucamonga Animal Services, mm-hmm. and San Diego um, Animal Services. And basically, they're, they're there to promote pit bull terrier type adoptions. They put them in tutus, Alex. Really? <laughs> and, yeah. They, <laughs> they look they, cute, right? They do <laughs> little nutcracker sweets with them. They take them to obedience classes. They, um, they have the trainer go to the adopter's home and work with the, the dog there. I mean... It, it's, it's They're good a really adoption terrible. protocols for any breed of dog, Indeed, but in particular, this do- this breed needs extra, you know, a little extra attention because of the bad the bad rap that I mean, it's got. These, this is right. the 
right. breed that's doing the dying in the shelters. Mm-hmm. These are the guys. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, you know, you're talking about, what, two million dogs being killed? I mean, what would you guess the percentage of those dogs that were pit bulls? Um, in some shelters, um, especially in the south, um, pit bull terrier type dogs may make up up to like 75% yeah. of the dogs that I, are being euthanized. I actually read uh, in the research we were doing for the show that of the approximately 2 million dogs a year that are killed, about 900,000 yep. are pits and pit mixes. That's incredible. Well, and that's that's why, incredible. Yeah, and that's why Best Friends and PetSmart Charities, too, you know, believes this is an issue we really need to t- teach, right. you know, animal control shelters you know, and and um, and humane societies too. How to how to market the dog? I mean, these are the dogs that are known as the nanny dogs because they're such great. They can be such great, With, warm and friendly family. Well, what dogs. about what about breed bands? I mean, let's not talk about breed bands. There's another sure. show for that. But let's just talk about. Okay, so obviously there is some sort of a disproportionate supply demand equation going on. I mean, clearly something is wrong in the equation as the system stands now. What if we turned off the spigot right at the tap? Okay, and we somehow passed some legislation that said you can't breed um, pit bulls. Well, I, again, I think that's discriminatory. You know, I, I'm sorry, I, I really don't like breeding much at all unless you're doing it really, you know, to improve the, you know, the breed and then very, very limited. But again, that just perpetuates the pre- prejudice that there's something wrong with the dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, right. again, that's... That, well, it codifies it. I mean, if you, on average, Leedy, on average, how do you find that pit bull type dogs um, rate in terms of their temperament testing? Oh, in, in in temperament, pit bull terrier type dogs are great. I mean, you know the um, uh, the American Temperament Test. You know, they rated higher than Golden Retrievers last year. And people don't know that. We advocates aren't doing a good enough job to get the word out, and that's why your show's so great. Thank you so much. You know, we we should hire you to do more plugs. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. For you guys, anything. But we will definitely be having you back because we've got some other topics, show topics. I mean, this is a a really one of the great fascinating topics. Well, and Best Friends actually has an entire section of their their program dedicated to pit bulls, as you mentioned. And they have a section of the website, right? And it's called Saving America's Dog. Yes, it is. And, and, you know, and and basically that because we believe, you know, we will never achieve no more homeless pets until... Until we address the number of pit bull terrier type dogs, absolutely, that's forty percent of the dead dogs. And and we don't want it to just become replaced with another breed of dog that's demonized and villainized and you know vilified. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean that that is extremely extremely problematic. Well, you know what, Lydia, I just can't get my mind wrapped around why the. That usually in market forces, you know, as you said, it's it's really a, a business out there for the breeders. It's just for the all American dollar. Um, why the the supply demand equation isn't coming more into equilibrium? It usually does in almost everything. You know, if there's not enough buyers of TV sets, guess what? The Japanese are not going to be producing that many TV sets next year. Um, why this thing just you know they keep producing the pit bulls? There's all of this this malign breed comes out and then they end up killing them. They produce more the next year. Yeah, but and they kill more yeah, the next year. It's not just about it's not just about people who are professionally breeding pit bulls. It's about the guy down the block who has exactly. one and just decides to have a litter of nine and give them all away. Yeah, but that's true for any breed. Well, Why is it this poor breed? Because they're very popular, and so there's a lot of them, and so it's just magnified. And indeed, and you know, one of the other problems is a lot of shelters. I was I was speaking with Doug Fakema, um, who does a lot of training for AHA um, uh, uh, two days ago, and he says a lot of the shelters that he goes to train at don't adopt out anything they consider a pit bull. Yeah, you know, and so really, yes, yeah, so we they have won't even shelters. adopt them out. 
said they won't even adopt them out. So we have the shelters basically complicit oh my God. in the killing, yeah. which is uh, you know, which is uh, unconscionable. That really happens. So that's a death sentence. Pretty it much. Is a death sentence. Yeah, pretty much. Pitbull we have, comes in. We, and we have dead. we have some shelters that um, that use uh, the Dogs in Danger website only to advertise their pit bulls because they will not adopt them out locally, and they're just hoping that someone else will come along from an outside state and adopt these and, and, dogs, and, which have great temperament evaluations, warm, friendly, gets along with dogs, cats, kids, and it's just it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It is it heartbreaking, really is. and that's why we need to you know put pressure on shelters that don't adopt them out, saying what you're doing is wrong. It's you know, immoral. It's, it's discrimination, and you need to judge every dog as an individual. No Meanwhile, there's a Cujo in in a you know in a in a no kill shelter for ten years, and they're you know and and the and the pit bulls who are wonderful you know loving warm friendly dogs are being killed at horrifying rates. Well, and and that's why you know we need more and more rescue groups to take dogs that, that you know that that have the appearance right. of pit bull terrier type dogs. But the poor pit rescue groups are so overwhelmed. They are. They, they are. And you know, dog rescue groups. You know, I mean, I, I, I like you know, I understand specialization, but I think they need to step up too yeah. if, if yeah. we really want to achieve you know a no kill nation. Uh, Letty, last question. Let me ask you: Is there any role for legislation? I know you are the expert. Is there is there any role in this pit bull enigma that we're in uh, for legislation or model legislation? What's your opinion? Well, actually, one of the things that we are doing now is in Florida. Best Friends is is helping um, sponsor a bill that um, gets rid of the stigma on um, animals seized in fighting yards. So basically, um, in Florida, any dog seized. Um, in a fight bust, any victim of cruelty is conce- is considered dangerous. Because they used to just kill them all, right? I mean, yeah, that's what they, they used to do. just kill them all before the Michael Vick case. So, right. you know, so that has changed. So we are, you know, and there are actually 12 states that have that discrimination. We're trying to stop it. And in Ohio, we're working hard to get um, House Bill 14 um, uh, passed because Ohio is the only state that says all pit bull type dogs are um, dang- are vicious and we are trying to work with the sponsor to get rid uh, to get rid of that provision. That's and great and what is what is the effect of a law like that? I mean, a plain, straight out law that says all pit bull species are vicious, right? Um, basically, they, they're they're deemed vicious in Ohio, but you can still have one, and you have to have a hundred thousand dollars worth of insurance. So um, it's 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 problematic. I mean, shelters have a very very hard time adopting them out in Ohio because of, of the course. idiotic law. And you know, since that law was enacted. Their um, dog fighting cases have risen in Ohio, so wow. it's done no good, you know, from a public safety standpoint, or from you know, um, getting rid of you know um, any sort of um, bites. Oh, that's 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 incredible. And what about the Colorado uh, breed ban? What, what's your feeling about that? It, it's idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel about it, Lady? Um, but you know, <laughs> they just haven't done their research. You know, yeah. and that's what kills me is is like it's so expensive now. I, best friends, we have our fiscal impact calculator online showing how much money every city would spend if they, um, you know, ban or restrict a, a pit bull terrier type dogs, and it's astronomical. And it doesn't work, right? It, and it doesn't work. It's totally ineffective. And every decade they'll add another breed to it, and eventually there will be no dog ownership in the country at all. That's- well, I- Correct. You know what? I tried. This is not the show for it, but I tried to find some statistics about the results of Colorado's ban, which is now uh, what a decade old almost. Yes. Um, and I tell you, there is hardly any statistics. Even the police department, the mayor's office, they don't have any real stats. 
Well, and, and um, the, actually, there was a good article in Westward that compared it to um, to Boulder that doesn't have a ban, and it shows that more people are hospitalized in Denver for dog yeah, bites I saw than that. in Boulder. That, yeah. That, yeah, that they don't have a breed discriminatory law. And I think if you go go to them, to the legislatures, and you point that fact to the studies and stuff like that, they basically shut the mic on you. Well, you know, well, actually, now if you talk to them about the fiscal impact of canine profiling of breed discrimination, that gets their attention because so many states are are almost bankrupt. Right, exactly. Sometimes <laughs> you got to talk money. Nobody That's wants. right. Exactly. Lady, you're a great guest. Thank you, lady. We thank really you. appreciate you being with us today. You guys have a great day. Th- thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks again. Bye bye. Welcome back. Uh, each week, uh, as you guys know, we feature one dog from the Dogs in Danger website. Uh, I'm going to be honest and tell you that today's dog is not on the Dogs in Danger website, but we wanted to, based on the topic of the show being pit bulls, we wanted to um, talk about uh, New York City animal care and control, a uh, pit bull that's in need, and just to prove that it really is all about the dogs. And so um, today's dog of the day is uh, a beautiful uh Pit Bull Terrier Mix is how they have her listed. A female, her name is Nina. ID number is A88702H. She's at the Manhattan facility. And this is what the shelter writes about her. Nina's a stunning gray fawn color. We're told she loves men, women, children, and other dogs. She's 38 pounds of a puppy, loving to play, gives hugs and kisses, and spend quality time with her human. She stands on her hind legs to give, hug, give hugs and kisses, makes that a part of her outing. Affectionate little girl, prances down the street when they take her for walks, playing in the snow. And um, Nina's ready to go to a home where she can have some fun and some leash training. And uh, so please call the give shelter. That ID again. Yeah, it's, it's A887028. Dog's name is Nina. So if you're in New York City, dial 311, or you can email info at nycacc.org. Uh, she's at the Manhattan, New York City Animal Care and Control Shelter. So let's see if we can help help a pit bull today. Hey, help a pit bull today. That's a great slogan, Brenda. Yeah. Even last, at this last... time in the morning, brilliant. That's all I can say. What a great show, huh? What two great guests. Um, yeah. Lady was amazing. Uh, you know, it's such a complex story. The story of the pit bull, the sure the, the, the the dog so that that does the killing for all the other dogs. I mean, not the killing. I'm sorry, the dying the for dying. all the other dogs. Forty um, percent of all the dogs being killed in the United States, by some estimates, is pit bulls. So, I mean, you could talk on and on about the subject and figure out why. Why is it this one? I mean, everybody says they're great dogs and they're maligned so so poorly, but we've done the best we can from the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour um, and this one-hour sequence. I wish we had another two hours to talk about this because it really, I have not yeah. solved the question well, in my mind how we got to this, where this one breed is doing the, the dying for all the other dogs. We'll be blogging about it on our Facebook page, so we can certainly we continue the discussion after the show is over. So if you go to uh, facebook.com forward slash Dogs in Danger. And there's a tremendous amount of uh, reading that you can do about the subject um, on our website, if you go to dogsandanger.com, yeah, and you yeah. look at this particular show under the Radio Hour tab. And there's a great Find the see. Pit Bull game, too, and you'll fe- see just how difficult it is to identify uh, a pit bull type dog, a true American Staffordshire Yeah, I mean, terrier. if you guys are as fascinated American as... American Pit Bull Terrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are as fascinated from intellectual perspective, if you're as, as fascinated as I am, how one breed can end up, you know, being um, maligned, uh, misrepresented and end up doing 40% of the dying for all the other dogs unjustly. How we got here, and how we is get there out a of solution? Um, you've got to do some more yeah. reading. And a lot of that reading is on our website, thanks to Brenda and the tremendous amount of work that she did. Uh, that's all the time we're going to have. Um, 
next week's show, it's another hot one. We're going dog right fighting. from yeah. pit bulls to dog fighting, guys. So next week, 6 a.m., right here, same channel, 77 WABC. Bring, bring the coffee and the dogs. Exactly. <laughs> dog fighting. What a subject. Get yeah. your notes together. We're going to talk to Michael Vick. Oh. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> We'd love for him to call in. All right, Michael. If he's if you're listening. out there, yeah. call in. Be a man. All right, guys. Thanks very much. See you guys next week. Next week.